With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Welcome back. Hour number two. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you up until noon in about 15, 20 minutes, somewhere in that vicinity. Zubin Mahente from ESPN Radio and Sports Center. Uh, Zubin will join us in his weekly spot and we will go around the world of sports with Zubin. So as we were talking with Shelby Maskin, I uh, had taken a look at Iowa's overall profile. Their quadrant one, quadrant two victories. And uh, one thing at the team sheet that I was looking at, their net rating right now is 10th in the country. But they also had listed, if the RPI was still in use, what the ranking would be with the RPI. Venture a guess. I have no idea. Just give a wild. Uh, 22. 56 in the country is where they and would be ranked right now. 10 in the right net now. right now? And they're 10 in the net. If we still that went by... Wild. That 63, uh, the number there, just uh, looked at that. 63, they would be ranked in the country, and they wouldn't be an NCAA tournament team with that kind of number if we still went with their RPI as opposed to the net. I'm glad we changed. Me too. Bobby Hansen is the color analyst for Iowa basketball, and he joined us. Hello, Bobby Hansen. It's been too long. How you been? Yeah, I agree, guys. But, yeah, I'm with you, Kenny. <laughs> That's why they got rid of the RPI. Yeah, absolutely. That's ridiculous. It really is. Last time we spoke was at the conclusion of the last dance. Uh, you came on and you uh, shared your feelings. That was such a great series and such a bad time that everybody was going through. So let's get to the here and now. And all of a sudden, Bobby, Iowa finds themselves uh, losers of four out of their last five, uh, which I don't think anybody saw coming. Uh, can you pinpoint it to one thing, which is probably difficult to do, but what, what's happened during this little bit of a slide, in your opinion? Uh, I'm looking back at the schedule. It just came off a five-game winning streak uh, right after the Christmas evening loss up at Minnesota. So I, I think they, you know, they, they got after it, played defense there during that five-game winning streak, and then Indiana – couldn't score there in the second half, and I think a little bit of confidence was lost. Mm. Um, and then you got a game postponed in there with Nebraska. Now you go at Illinois; they're a pretty darn good basketball yeah. team, and you you only lose by five. So you know, it, I can say it's just kind of the Big Ten, I guess. You got you got healthy with Michigan State, and then home game with Ohio State. What are they up to? Number four in the country now? Five, six? Mm -hmm. They're pretty darn good. And the one that hurt, though, was the the previous one here at Indiana, Mm -hmm. where, um, you know, you just, you had it, and then you just couldn't couldn't figure it out. Foul trouble a little bit for Luka. 
And then I think you really got to throw C.J. Frederick's injury in there as he's not the same and we're not the same basketball team without C.J. Hmm. Bobby, you mentioned uh, you know some of those other schools. In your mind, Bobby, who is right now, who deserves to be you know on top of this, uh, of, of this conference? I watch Illinois some nights. I think, boy, that's the team. That's the best team in the conference. You mentioned Ohio State uh, going on the road, the back-to-back road. He's winning at Maryland last night, winning at Carver uh, the week before. They might be the team. I'm not sold on Michigan. Where are you? Who do you think is the team to beat in the Big Ten? Yeah, I tried to look at it earlier today, and the schedules are just way too difficult to try to say, okay, you know, when when is Nebraska going to make up games, and then when is Michigan going to fit in all these games? And they may end up going with overall percentage. Best team right now, I think, is Ohio State, the way they're playing. Um, we haven't seen Michigan, obviously. won't see them until, I think, Sunday, the 14th, where they're at, Mich- at Wisconsin. So that'll be a good test to see, you know, how they're coming out of this this um, COVID situation. Illinois is always going to be good because they got one of the best players in the country in Io Dosumu. Uh, he's a finisher and he kind of does everything. And then they got uh, Kofi Coburn inside. That's that's a fabulous one-two combination. So right up there, you know, and Iowa can beat them any of those teams on, on any given night. So so can Rutgers. Uh, Oakland, Minnesota, Penn State's going to come and battle you. So I think it's just the, the way the league is uh, this year. Bobby, you mentioned the loss of C.J. Frederick, and we know what an incredible shooter he is, percentage-wise, one of the best in the country, a volume guy. But there's another piece that I think sometimes gets missed with C.J. Frederick, and you've got to see it up close and personal the last couple of years, is the kid, he's got some swagger to him. He'll jaw out there. He's not going to back down and. Over this last couple of weeks, it feels like a little bit of that has been lost. Just the importance of having that, and and maybe for Iowa basketball as a whole, trying to find a way to get that swagger back. Yeah, I I agree 100%, Trent. I I, I always say he plays with an edge, Mm -hmm. and and I like having that that edge. And he's not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid to take the big shot. Uh, Go back to uh, Vegas tournament last year when we knocked off Texas Mm -hmm. Tech, a Final Four team. From the previous year, he took the big shot that, that put him ahead, I believe, and actually was a game winner. And then at Rutgers uh, earlier this year, he hits a, a big two-point corner basket, uh, put us up by one. They came back. Miles Johnson got a basket. But, yeah, he's not afraid of the moment. He plays defense. He takes pride in his defense. Uh, he can also put the ball on the floor and get around his defender. When uh, you're seeing teams now, it seems like they're ratcheting up their defense and they're really getting in the – our guard space and uh, having a tough time getting around them, getting them to the basket. And uh, you, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be able to break uh, defense down and, and draw double teams and kick to your shooters. So we're crossing our fingers, hoping um, CJ gets back tomorrow night. Is there a chance you think Bobby that happens? Yeah, I, I think he's totally day to day. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's just how he wakes up, how he feels, and maybe something that lingers for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, like till the end of the year until you can really get off it and rest. But uh, he gives it a go every now and then, and uh, the next day it won't feel good. So they set him down. But uh, he literally is day-to-day, and, and hopefully today he woke up feeling good. Uh, Luca Garza, a couple of fouls early in the basketball game and goes to the bench. This is nothing new. This has been uh, how Coach McCaffrey has handled things uh, since, since he's been here. What's his philosophy, do you think, behind that, Bobby? Of course, we know that he got back in the second half and he didn't commit another foul. Um What's what's what? Try and get inside his mindset. What's what's the uh, what's what's behind it? Well, I, I think it, it's just sort of college coaches. It's kind of what they do. You know, the NBA you get six fouls, so uh-huh. you get a little more leeway in there. But Luke is not a foul person, and and 
I totally agree with setting him down when he got that second. Um, it looked like the referees were wanting to foul him out of that game, but um, we were ahead by 10 points at that time. When I look back at my run sheet, we did our show with, with Coach McCaffrey last night. Joe Wieskamp hits a three, and we go up by 12 later into that. So um, now you're looking at three minutes left in the half, and do you bring Luca back in? He brought Keegan mm-hmm. back in at that time to get some size. You're probably looking at that as maybe a little more expendable. So Fran is not opposed. When I, when I talk to him, he is not opposed to bringing a guy back with two. It's just that time wasn't right, and maybe it, it you know just it comes into focus a little bit more now. But, yeah, he didn't come out in the second half. And, and Luca's smart. He knows how to play. So if that happens again, you, you might see Luca come back in the game. So much has talked about this Iowa team on the defensive end. This team isn't a great defensive team, even against what they did with Indiana. They came out, I thought, played really well for the first six, seven minutes of the game on that end. But there's still those lulls and those stretches where teams go on runs. What could be done? Is it a little more pressing, more changes, or just find a dedicated defense that you're comfortable with and, and stay with that for a majority of the time? If you're pushing the buttons, if Fran said, hey, Bobby, I need you for a minute here, what would be the button you'd be pushing defensively with this group? Oh, I'd, I'd probably ratchet up the pressure. Okay. Um, probably go a little more man-to-man, though. It was our man-to-man at the end of the game when the kid hit the shot. Yep. I think it was Franklin. It wasn't against mm-hmm. the zone. So, you know, it, it is, it, it's you know, half a dozen this way, six the other way. So, you know, Fran is always going to change up defenses. I like his three-quarter court. I call it the Philly press. Villanova runs it. Everybody out in Philadelphia runs. And a lot of teams, <laughs> Baylor runs it now, that three-quarter court, one-two-two. I like that pressure, not to get steals, but just to slow a team down a little bit. Um, you know, you might bring in, you know, a Tony Perkins every now and then to, to ratchet up the defensive pressure. But uh, I thought they did play pretty good in, in the uh, the first six, seven minutes. Normally, you'll come out of that first media timeout, and the Hawkeyes will be in a little half court to pressure, or drop back matchup, or, or two three zone. They didn't. They stayed in the man to man, and uh, that's where Luca picked up that second foul. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's it's tough because everybody's got good players. Everybody's you know playing to to win, obviously, and fighting for your NCAA tournament life at this point of the season. So, at some point, you got to give the opponent credit that they make shots. And, and uh, the, the problem with the zone a lot of times, and we we've really got to do a better job. We being Iowa it needs to do a better job rebounding. I mean, if you look back at stats mm-hmm. from last three or four games, we've been out rebounded. So. Uh, that, that's an area that you've got to clean up, man or zone. Everybody's got to be committed to putting a body on somebody, blocking out and going and get the basketball. Uh, Bobby, you mentioned Keegan Murray a minute ago. Uh, think back to practice early in the season. Did you see that this this coming, the impact he's having this early in, in his career? And we just we said every time, boy, I was really got something there in him. I, yeah. Did you see this early? And, and who does he remind you, Bobby, if anybody? Yeah, good good question, Kenny. I really like the kid and, and anxious to see what uh, twin brother Chris can yeah. do. He's he's left handed and Keegan's right handed, so you put each of them on the wings out there, and you got a you got a pretty wide Syracuse like zone that you can run out there. Guys that know how to play defense. Their dad, Kenyon, was a, one of the best defensive players that uh, at the University of Iowa's ever had. So they were, they've been taught right, coached right, great kids. Um, I was not able to Kenny because of this crazy oh, virus sure. to, to watch practice. Um, had only uh, you know heard from people that yeah they're, you know they're good players they really got better down at uh, Florida when they were concentrating strictly on basketball it was not an academy that you go to school or anything so these kids are 4.0 students didn't need that they just needed the training in, in basketball and and uh, 
Fran had told me that Keegan was the bigger of the two kids, so he, he had a chance to play. He had told me that at the end of last year, so was uh, excited to see that, uh, yeah, the kid can play. And, you know, not, the, not a fair comparison, but he reminds me of Scottie Pippen a little bit. If, if You know, you turn up that motor and, and uh, you got Pip flying all over the place, blocking shots, getting rebounds, making three-pointers, kind of doing a little bit of everything. Speaking of those Bulls teams, Ron Harper Jr. <laughs> That's who you get to see uh, tomorrow night. A, he's been a Hawkeye killer. He plays really well, and this Rutgers team playing a lot better than they were the first time Iowa saw them. And then secondly, have you been able to reconnect with Ron Harper in these matchups with Rutgers? Probably not this year, but in past no. seasons? No, just he's a good guy. I've been around Ron when he was in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I was not with him when he was in Chicago, but was around him. And yeah. really great kid, uh, great guy, Miami of Ohio, you know, All-American. Mm-hmm. And, and to see his kid, his kid doesn't play like you know. Ron no. was a little wiry yeah. uh, defender and make shots. This kid's like Charles Barkley. He's thick. He goes yes. in there. And he'll yeah. put his body on you and step out and make a three-point shot. He, he plays with with enthusiasm, which his father did as well. Remember Ron just having a lot of fun out there uh, when you play against him or watching him on, on those Bulls teams. So yeah, seeing seeing guys that are uh, sons of of the guys you played against, like Pete Nance and, and Larry Nance Sr., the slam dunk champion. Good to see him. You saw Jim Peterson's kid was uh, was a good player for um, uh, Northwestern over the last few years. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, yeah the, the last dance, I think, brought a lot of great memories back, as we talked about. Um, uh, Stacey King and I will be on a podcast later tonight with nice. him. Uh, he's got something, yeah. So um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what comes out of that but just great guys and and the bill cartwright and i communicate um every now and then so you know i I was looking counting the calendar that was almost 30 years ago when i was on that team 1991-92 and um did a little video i had a a birthday uh, a couple weeks ago and they sent videos over and uh maybe laugh cry and smile all day long (laughs) but man it's just to be a part of it, you know those type of teams, and, and to be a part of a world championship team is unbelievable. No, I bet it is, Bobby. Last thing for you, uh, for me, anyways. Since since you're you know an Iowa basketball alum, there's about to be a new name at the top of the all-time leading scores at the University of Iowa, and obviously some great ones on there that are now looking up at Luca Garza and still at Roy Marble. Uh, Garza's about to supplant him here, and I don't know three or four games, not uh, not too many, right. if he keeps up his average. Uh, what are you and your fellow Hawkeye brethren like? When when that's going to happen, I'm sure everybody's fine with it. Uh, did you did you think that uh, Roy Marble records are made to be broken? I get it, but this one's about to be. Yeah, this was uh, you know when Luca hit the scene. I guess it, it again was almost down there in that Las Vegas tournament where you know he was he was just unbelievable, unstoppable, and getting hit in the mouth. And, and the kid can score. Um, he can put the ball in the basket when he makes his free throws. He's, he's unguardable. He can step out and make threes. But yeah, I don't know if I ever you know to get two thousand points in college basketball. And the way guys that are that good are probably going to leave after a couple of years, maybe the third year. So you're not you're not going to get guys that stick around and score that. But um, Fran said it best. You know, he said it's too bad Roy Senior isn't here to uh, to be there to greet Luca and to give him a big hug, because that's the way Roy was. He, he loved everything Iowa basketball, loved the guys, and he'd be the first in line to congratulate him. So uh, it's going to happen, obviously, and, and uh, you know, time moves on, and congratulations to Luca. And he's got a chance. He's chasing Greg Bruner down, which has an incredible amount of 
uh, rebounds, 999 rebounds or something. And Luca's up, up over 800. So that's going to be a lot, a lot of work to do to catch Brew. But <laughs> it's, uh, you know, to put together that career, Luca Garza, my hat's off to him. And, and it's just a testament, guys, to hard work, getting in the gym. Whether you're locked out of the gym during a virus situation or you have free access to it, that kid was in the gym all the time. Un- unbelievable. Bobby, one more just popped in my head. Since yep. you played in the league, you know what it takes to play in the league. Uh, Luca last year didn't seem to have that opportunity. I think he's getting more buzz now. There was a great piece at ESPN.com on his NBA chances. Does he look like an NBA player to you, Bobby? You see him every night. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I, you know, maybe not a starter or an yeah. all-star, or, you know, an all-pro, but there, there's room for players like Luca Garza because he can step out and shoot. Um, the game has changed; it, it's evolved into what it is now: to spread the floor, driving kicks, and, and then. But you still got to have a big guy in there uh, to rebound and pound guys in there. Teams are starting to go back to that a little bit, but. What I like about Luca, and, and what I what I tell the scouts that I used to see when when we go on the road was that, you know, this guy is going to be a leader in the, in the uh, weight room. He's going to be a leader in the gym. Nobody's going to outwork Luka Garza. There's always a place with these expanded NBA rosters that they have now for, for a hard worker and a great person like Luka Garza. Thanks for being so generous with your time, Bobby Hansen. Always appreciate catching up with you. Thank you. All right, guys. Anytime. Yep. Next time. Good to talk to you. Bobby Hansen. Uh, joining us, uh, podcast coming out tonight. That'll be fun for you mm-hmm. podcast listeners out there, especially the Hawkeye uh, ones in the listening audience. Good stuff from Bobby Hanson. I was uh, looking at those numbers, too, for Ron Harper Jr. He's a thick dude. He is well, he's so much different, as Bobby he said, really is, yeah. than his dad. Yeah. And looking through his numbers against Iowa, remember, he was banged up the first time they played. And that sent... This year, you mean? Rutgers yeah. in a tailspin. When uh, they think they lost five in a row after that Iowa loss, they've won four in a row now. Mm-hmm. The top twenty-five. They're what playing. They are twenty-five. Right? Really well, and Iowa is not playing yeah. really well. People think this is just going to be Whoa, no, no, get no, back no, on no. the right track. Here they go. Slow down. Yeah. You know what? This this might sound crazy. Uh, you know what might have hurt this team a little bit, Trent? They didn't have Nebraska in the middle of that slide. Mm-hmm. Know what I mean? Or you get the the good feelings. Yeah, that, before yeah. you go on, before you go on the road to take on an Illinois team, you didn't have that. You know that win against you didn't bludgeon the yeah. Huskers. Well, the, you know the smaller scale. You always hear about a score. You just hey, you're struggling with your shot. Get to the free throw line and get yourself going that way. Just see it go in. Well, see yourself put up 95 points against a bad Nebraska team. <laughs> yeah, that I think could have helped. They need one of those moments. Uh-huh. They need a breakthrough. I don't think it's coming tomorrow. I don't think so either. Not the way Rutgers. Not saying they're going to get beat. I don't think they're going to have that. You know, right, right. It's going to be overwhelming. Nip tuck uh-huh. down to the wire. Yeah. Brian's teams the last two years haven't been great in these late situations. Overall, he's like thirty-five percent win percentage in games two possessions or less, six points or less. I saw the number the other day. I got to look it up. I think it was thirty-four and sixty-one in his Iowa career in two possession mm. games. And then off they go to East Lansing. House of Horrors. And then off they go to Madison. <laughs> Another House of Horrors. Uh, time for a uh, $1,000 slam dunk. Let's do this, Trent Condon. Text the keyword HOPE to 200-200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000. HOPE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide content. 
Azuba Mahente will join us next. We'll go around the world. Well, we'll spend a lot of time on the Super Bowl, I'm assuming, with Zubin, but we will uh, hear from him next as we take you until noon. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Stations, 1460 KXNO and 106- Have a home with us. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you at the center of this weekend's title fight. Pick either main event fighter to win this weekend's UFC 258 bout, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds. That's a $1 bet on either fighter to reign victorious. And if your fighter wins, you will cash $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 on your chosen title contender to win. Place your bet. And watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code KXNO to turn $1 into $100 on the main event Saturday night. For a limited time only, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Condon at 1130 on 1460 KXNO and 106.3. Des Moines Sports Station, after all. Let's get to our friend Zubin Mahente from ESPN, ESPN Radio. Uh, on the part of the morning show with Jay Will, of course, Keyshawn. Uh, and uh, we will go around the world of sports with our friend, also does Sports Center periodically. Did you miss TV, Zubin? Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, I've been actually pushing because we have a radio TV simulcast, and because the overwhelming yeah. amount of people listen to us on the radio, I've been trying to tell our folks that um, TV is really important because, I, as you guys know, I don't do any social media. <laughs> But when we blast out these clips all over the place, that's a really important thing at ESPN, just, you know, that aspect of it. Um, The television presentation means something, because even though people may not be watching as much on ESPN2 and ESPN News as listening to the program, if you catch it on your phone, you're watching some sort of video. So I've always told them, like, I know it's a radio show, but think about how many people are just hitting play on their phones. has to look good on TV. So I've been kind of pushing that since day one. It's not as important, but I think it still serves a purpose. Uh, Zubin, uh, the uh, Super Bowl ratings have come out, and it's the lowest-rated Super Bowl since 2007, Colts and the Bears. Uh, I, that surprised me. I mean, you've got Tom Brady, um, the GOAT, and the heir apparent, if there, if there ever will be one, in Patrick Mahomes. Seemingly, that would have brought people to their TVs in the midst of a pandemic where there's not a lot uh, that you can do. I was shocked, Zubin, that the numbers television-wise were as low as they were. What do you think's behind it, and were you surprised as I was? It's half and half for me because I saw the AFC title game get 41 million viewers. And I basically saw, for the most part, the league have to be really happy with their overall numbers from year to year. Now, Sunday Night Football was down 16%. That's the number one show on television, has been for years. And that generally, obviously, is slated to have good matchups just by the nature of the flex and all that. So there are small hints that people aren't watching as much. Now, listen, the other sports are cratering. The NBA is no buzz. College basketball, no buzz. All that stuff. The NBA and college basketball would would love to have the NFL's worst day 
But there was an indication on Sunday night that the marquee matches still weren't resonating. You know, Keaton said something after the game that I thought sort of permeated the game, which is, and this is just indicative of how excitement uh, level was or lack thereof. When the game was over, Keyshawn was joking like it felt like a preseason game. Right? Mm-hmm. People were just sort of kind of like backslapping a little bit. The Bucks didn't go crazy. Now, that may have been more of a Tom Brady, we expected to be here sort of thing. But I don't care. Even the biggest Super Bowl favorite goes crazy after they win a game. And there was just some sort of malaise over the whole thing. Obviously not really a compelling second half, all of that stuff for the casual viewer. But I think there were some indications throughout the course of the regular season uh, that the numbers could be down a little bit. And the game just, you know, I actually actually thought the cardboard cutouts on the wide shots actually made it look like people were there. They did the best that they could. There was no weather marring the game or anything like that. But I think there were some telltale signs. And just simply the fact that even the players, and I'm not saying the Bucs aren't thrilled to have won the Super Bowl. We had Devin White and Ronald Jones on here in the last couple days. They were as happy as could be. But there was just something about even the way the game ended, the way the season ended, there was just something where you just said to yourself, this just doesn't feel right. Keyshawn was joking. He said they might have been saying to each other, good luck in the regular season. Like it was the last hmm. preseason game or something. There was just, he's right. There was something there that was just off. Quarterback play in the NFL is what drives the conversation. Football in general, it's about quarterback. Many people maintain the most important position in sports is the man at the quarterback position. And now it feels like maybe we are we're trending to a different direction here. Adam Schefter mentioned a couple weeks ago as many as 18 guys in the move. I think he put the number at 18 and a half and he said he was going to take the over on that number. Yeah. We have the big trade of Goff and Stafford and how much conversation that has generated. Are we on the precipice of a changing of the the NFL as we know it and the way that quarterbacks and players then in general start to change teams. Trades, not a big part of the NFL. Are we looking at maybe a different way to look at the way the league is run going forward? I would say two things. I think this, yes, the answer to your question, I believe is yes. I'll give you two things. One, and this is something that, you know, working with two former athletes that played at a really high level, Keyshawn, I think, and Jay were able to spot this really early, but it's just sort of something that's really now come to the surface. But both of them are all over it. And they said, this is going to turn into player empowerment. This is just Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is not a bad guy. Deshaun Watson is not ruining his reputation, his pristine reputation, by doing some of these things he's doing with the Texans. Deshaun Watson is now realizing, wait a minute, I'm the linchpin to this whole thing. I'm the key to all of this working. So if I want somebody to be interviewed as the head coach, they're probably going to say yes. And if I want somebody to be considered for the general manager position, they're probably going to say yes. And if I say I don't want to play here, there's a ton of teams in the league that are going to say, come on out. This morning on the Dan Patrick Show, uh, you may have heard Russell Wilson. Yes. Asked, have you been, uh, have you been the subject of trade talks? Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, they, you'd have to ask the Seahawks that question. That's, a, that's not a Russell Wilson response. You guys mm-hmm. know Russell Wilson. Right. That is not a Russell Wilson response. And so I think a lot of these guys, whether it's Deshaun and Russell Wilson and to an extent Matt Stafford, um, realize, like, hey, I got some power here. I'm going to finally use it, not just to get more money, not just the Aaron Rodgers, it's a beautiful mystery, my future's uncertain, give me some more money, <laughs> and we'll call it a day. Second thing is, I think what other teams are realizing is the Bucks went in on an all-time gamble, and it worked. Because it's easy to say now it was going to work. But when Brady put the four fingers in the air in Chicago, 
and he didn't look great, <laughs> and they got the fifth seed. Yeah, is this going to work? Yeah, it's a two-year deal. Maybe we'll get him on the second year of the two-year deal. I think after many teams, they saw what Tampa did, bringing back Gronk, A.B., Leonard Fournette, and obviously the biggest gamble of all in Brady. They rolled the dice big time, and it worked. And I think that's why you're seeing other teams. The Bucks have emboldened other teams. You're just, why not call Russell Wilson? He's got a no-team mm-hmm. clause like Deshaun. He says no, he says no. Last year at this time, nobody makes the call to Russell Wilson. Nobody makes the call to these teams. Right now, because of the, the gamble the Bucks took, and I think that has emboldened other teams to say, let's just give it a shot. I bet you when the Bucks called Tom Brady, they weren't really sure what was going to happen when they talked to Tom. It worked. It doesn't hurt to make a phone call. You know, I saw it yesterday. Uh, my former partner, Matt Peralt, was tweeting about it. I thought, he's, you know, he was off his meds. Uh, Russell Wilson, <laughs> are you kidding me? But uh, then it started to pick up some chatter. So, Zubin, are we headed towards, um, you know, I don't think anybody – especially if you're not a fan of a super team, appreciates the super teams that are starting to uh, play out all over the NBA. I get that, uh, you know, obviously more people, more uh, a bigger roster in the NFL, but it's the most important position in sports. Isn't that what the Bucks just were? With Gronk coming in and Leonard Fournette yeah. and Tom Brady yeah. and Shaq Barrett? Yeah. That's kind well, of a, Barrett was there, though. He was, but kind of a super team. Yeah, in, in a way. I mean, still got to uh, circumvent the salary cap. Mm-hmm. Are we headed that way, Zubin, in the NFL? And is that think, good? Yeah, I think yeah, uh, I think it is good because I think it creates an unprecedented amount of off-season chatter, and that's what you want. And we've practically spent yeah. four hours today talking about the NFL. The season is over. We practically spent <laughs> right. all four hours, not exactly, yeah. talking about some great things and some sad things with Marty Schadenauer, but we talked about yeah. the NFL for four hours today. And it's one of those things where I think it would lead to unprecedented interest. That's what you want. The other thing I would say is the super team concept does not really work, right? The Redskins tried the super team. The Eagles tried the super team. I think both teams were 8-8 eight and eight when they tried the super team formula. Um, so I think it really, in, in addition to accruing talent, it really has to all come together coaching-wise. And that's the most ironic part about this whole thing. There was so much chatter about what's going on with Brady and Aaron. And it really turned out that they were actually the perfect match for each other. It just took a long time to figure it out. So, yes, I do think the super team chatter is good. I think the NFL's tried it before. Uh, it didn't work. Um, but I think this go-around, I think you could really make the argument. Let's say the Bucks had lost the Super Bowl. I really, could have th- I really think you could have made the argument they were better set up for success next year anyway with a full OTA. Brady's, is an, Brady's an industrious quarterback. He might show up for rookie minicamp to meet the kids. Real training camp, maybe two preseason games. I don't think we're ever going back to four. More free agents joining them. No state income tax in Florida. I mean, all these things in a normal year. If they were to add up, I would say, even if the Bucks had fallen short on Sunday, their best year with Brady is probably ahead of them. And now it's scary to think it's definitely ahead of them. So Drake basketball finally gets on the radar for you guys at ESPN. They get ranked in the top 25, and they promptly lose a game over the weekend, and they fall back out. But for programs like that, I know, Zubin, you love those stories. You love the little guys, even if they don't have a quote-unquote local connection for you, Denver, New Jersey or here in Des Moines and some of your past stops. With that, though, just how difficult it is putting together and trying to find those kind of stories when you're looking to placate millions of people. Do people in Mississippi care about Drake basketball? Does Loyola of Chicago, does that do anything in Seattle? How does it work at a national broadcast network like you guys trying to find those little stories without going too deep and maybe into them? 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, and you guys know the answer to this question, but the biggest thing that we ask when we do a story like that, and I've been actually, before they had lost, I was really pushing Drake across the board uh, to a lot of people. Now that I'm in New York, I'm not really doing the college basketball anymore. So I have to sort of just get out there at arm's length. The biggest thing we always ask is, why should anyone care about this? And it's not a derogatory question. Mm-hmm. The question comes from a place of, okay, these guys are on the radar for the first time since 08. Yep. They haven't been to the Final Four since 1969. Wait, they went to the Final Four? Really? <laughs> when? When was that? Who was their best player? Wait, their, their coach's dream job was Drake? Wait, his son is a stud? <laughs> Wait, he, he interviewed for the job? He asked to interview for the job via email because he doesn't have an agent? Like, <laughs> any one of those selling points is enough to get me hooked. I think it's actually less interesting to tell me about their roster. And I, even though I think their roster is amazing, even if you talk about the Minnesota transfer situation, those things are, if you know the sport, that stuff is interesting with the Robins and all that. But the average fan doesn't know who that is. They don't know about the transfer to Minnesota. But if you tell them that the coach's dream job is this, or he asked the interview via email, or he's got a kid that you need to know, I think you have to hit them with almost something that makes them say, really? Or an interesting piece of trivia. I think you have to almost go non-basketball, non-hardcore basketball. That's got to be the selling point. Now, on, on, on ESPN right now, with the season being over in football, if you're a ranked team, if you have a number next to your name, you're making sports center. Drake was always <laughs> on sports center this past season when they got themselves into the rankings. They probably ended up in one of those, like, Let's go around college basketball where they show them along with a bunch of other teams. Mm-hmm. They don't stand out as much. But I think it's one of those things where if you can just tell me something about this team that I don't know, and chances are because it's Drake, that's not going to be that hard to do to the national audience. But I almost feel like it just can't be too basketball-centric because I think at that point people are just going to say, well, you know, the biggest story to me is what's going on with Michigan State or Duke or North Carolina, Kansas falling out of the poll. All of that is always going to be a bigger basketball story than Drake, even though Drake deserves the attention. So you have to kind of find that roundabout excuse. But when you do, I think you can really accentuate uh, the Bulldogs. Maybe for no other reason. I mean, I think, Ken, you told me you were there. If you got to bust out the Ty Rogers shot yeah. and say this is the last time this team was relevant, people are going to watch a March Madness buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. You kind of got them, and then you take them from there. So it's all about how you hook them. You know, let me piggyback off Trent's question. Uh, I mean, last night, whoever your programming person is was really put in a tough spot when a couple of hours before Miami and North Carolina were going to tip. Apparently, a couple of the players from North Carolina, after they beat Duke, there was a big celebration in Campus Town or whatever, and there was a couple spotted without masks, and Miami didn't feel safe playing the game. But that was two hours before tip time, trying to scramble and move things around. Uh, Thursday, uh, Kansas and Iowa State were scheduled for ESPN Plus. That now gets the uh, the big ESPN because whoever was going to be there, uh, that game has been shelved or postponed at least for the time being. Uh, Got to be difficult. Whoever it is, Zubin's really earning his paycheck or her paycheck uh, trying to get through this and keep something on TV. Yeah, I think the most difficult part about all of it is that it, it, you know, Duke, look, Duke and North Carolina played their least consequential game in 60 years. Sure. On Saturday, neither team was ranked. Um, there was just there's no buzz to it. And when Duke North Carolina has no buzz, this the the mm-hmm. season is shot. I mean, look, I mean, Gonzaga and Baylor's awesome. We've never had two undefeated teams play on a Monday night for the championship. Could it happen? Yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. It but it's one of those things where 
that's the kind of stuff right now the sport is hanging its hat on. And, I, you know, for guys like us three and people that listen, we know how good Jared Butler is, and we know how good Drew Timmy and his Foo Manchu is. But there's so much of the country right now that knows a little bit about Gonzaga, mostly because of old Gonzaga, not this particular iteration. And the real challenge for any programming person is, and this is just, it's hard to say this, nothing is rating and nothing is resonating. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's really the problem. So anytime you have an opportunity for a team to move up from E-plus or an opportunity for somebody to get to a higher platform, I think we've kind of come to, to the point where we're resigned to know it's not going to result in ratings, it could just be a great opportunity for a team to get some recruiting edge, to maybe get to see a team once before you see them during camp week, or just put on the most palatable matchup from a Power 5, Power 6 uh, conference, realizing we're not really in with the Big East anymore. We're just more Power 5. But I think that the toughest part of it is not really replacing the games. There's always inventory to be had. There's only a small handful of programs that are shut down right now. When Michigan shuts down or something like that happens, it's going to cause a huge wave. But the overwhelming percentage of programs are playing right now. The real problem is if you put any two teams on TV right now, they're just not rating. And that's just not a problem the sport has ever had. Duke, North Carolina, boom, just put it on there. Kansas, boom. Kentucky always over-delivers, always delivers a number better than you would think. Um, but none of the, all the old reliables, Michigan State, none of those teams are able to do that this year. It's not an indictment on any of the teams. It just isn't. It's an indictment on what's going on with the entire sport. And from a programming perspective, it, it, it's a bummer because there's just not a lot of bright spots here. I, I just got to be honest with you, not a lot of big-time stories when it comes to ratings this year. Well, then we can anticipate that Sunday's Daytona 500, the numbers are going to be down. Uh, is that this week? So, Zubin, just, just give us a minute on that. I know it's not your an ESPN property. Fox has it. Will you guys touch it in the morning at all, the Daytona 500? Yeah, I mean, we're actually thinking about having Danny Hamlin on on. Thursday. Now, he has a uh, big-time association with Michael Jordan. This is sort of going back to the great question, like, how do you get me interested in something that I'm not interested in? Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> he does have an association with Jordan, kind of interesting. He's a big Charlotte Hornets guy. Uh, one of the big breakout stars of the NBA, believe it or not, this year is LaMelo Ball. He's playing incredible. Mm -hmm. And maybe we talk to him about that, because the Ball family is always something. It's the same thing with Drake. Are we going to break down the race? I don't know. It depends if it's an amazing finish. We will. It is still a crown jewel sport, but that's a real litmus test, Ken, because for all these other sports that are struggling, some of these sports were actually on the way up a little bit. Like, you know, not too long ago, the NBA was on the way up. Um, some sports were on the way up, but NASCAR has just been on this downward trend for a while. So I will be interested to see. Now, obviously, this will be the first full weekend without football, so if you're really jonesing for something, I guess you'll have the TGA Tour to watch. This could be an opportunity for you to get in. I don't generally think people that watch football and have nothing to watch are going to watch the whole race. I think that's asking a little too much. But it'll be interesting because sports that were on the upward trend are now moving down. What's going to happen to sports that were already declining anyway in the midst of this pandemic? I think NASCAR, unfortunately, is going to find out the hard way the answer to that question on Sunday. I'm with you. Yep. Ball Rookie of the Month in the Eastern Conference and Tyrese Halliburton, likewise, in the Western Conference. Zubin, great stuff. Uh, I appreciate this conversation each and every week. I look forward to doing it in a week's time. Have a wonderful seven days, Zubin. Until we speak again, thank you, sir. You got it. See you next Tuesday. Yeah, good to talk to you. Zubin Mahente from ESPN. Ratings for the Daytona 500 in the dumper? Oh, absolutely. I think so, too. Did you guys used to talk about NASCAR a lot? Uh, no. Cursory glance? Yes.
Yes. Because we don't even... Not, nothing. I think, you know what, I always put a part of Claxon's odd or even number car. Okay. <laughs> um, did, did Brinson and I, did Peralta and I? I don't think so. Jimmy Maybe B once. doesn't seem like a NASCAR no. kind of guy. Speaking of Jimmy B. Yeah. The passing now a week and a half ago of John Chaney. Yes. And it's unbelievable, right? His most famous yes. moment. Yes. People, if if you haven't seen the clip in a long uh-huh. time, go find the John Calipari, John Chaney clip. And you will hear Jimmy B in the background mm-hmm. trying to break up the fight. You'll hear him, hey, 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 <laughs> in his Jimmy B voice. Yeah. Go back. In fact, when we come back, let, let's play that little audio. Do you clip. know who else was in that room? Mm-mm. Terrell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that confluence? Yeah, really, right? And I've worked with both of them. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. 1460 KXNO 106.com. Man, our equipment is just dirty. Well, you need to call Washer Systems of Iowa. We need a heater in here. Washer Systems of Iowa's got heaters. This floor is a mess. Washer Systems of Iowa is Iowa's pressure washer experts featuring Mighty M pressure washers. This is Jeff Egley of Washer Systems of Iowa. Our crew, led by Tony Poff and Marco Solis, can find the power washer to clean your equipment and the heater to keep your garage warm during the cold winter months. Washer Systems of Iowa, 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines. An exclusive dealer of Mighty M. Online. XNO. Trek Condon here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always... Hi, Miller Condon. A couple of minutes before we run out of time, were you able to find that video of John Calipari and John Chaney, their ah, little set to? Yes, and Jimmy B. Can listen. you hear him distinctly? Oh, yeah. If you know you're listening for Jimmy B, and if you watch the video, you will see him. He is the one physically restraining John Chaney. So, how far into the clip before we hear Brinson? About 10 seconds okay. or so. Hey, 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 hey. That's Jimmy B pulling John Cheney back. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> Not funny, but Jimmy B. Always right got a hell of a resume. You know, honestly, yes. for the crap that I gave him over the years mm-hmm. and you did when you worked with him. Well, and we all got to hear it. You just had to listen to a little bit and he'd throw it out on the radio <laughs> what that resume was. Oh, man. What a character. He really is. And he's supposed to be coming back to Des Moines yeah, sometime sure in 2021. Sure he is. We'll see. If he does well, or Will we get you out of the house? If you got a shot in the arm, we're going to get you out for a beer that night? I'm a definite maybe. <laughs> You're unbelievable. <laughs> no, I will for sure. For sure. Good. For absolute good. sure. So when's he coming? 
Mayor October. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. Mayor October. I'll be here in Mayor October. Holy Jimmy V. Yeah, he's a dandy. All right, we're out of time. Uh, Murph and Addy coming up at 2. The Fanatics at 4. What's today? Tuesday? It is. Uh, well, there won't be an Iowa State coaches show tonight. Or a um, Cyclone Fanatic tonight? No, Iowa State radio tonight. Des Moines Register. Clones play. Do they win? No. Yeah, two. Come on, Condon. TCU plus minus a six.